welcome to In the Booth with Golden Boy. Hey world, welcome to In the Booth. We have a second episode. It happened. Yay. We made it, people. We made it to number two. We're about as good as poop. But in any case, I'm Golden Boy. And thank you for joining me here today. You can follow me on all the social medias, Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram, at GoldenBoyFTW. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm pretty active on all those things. Been posting a lot of my Instagram stories. And also, also, you can now check me out on Medium. That's right. I'm, I'm making blogs. I figured I'd just do stuff, man. Y- you know, even if no one's buying what I'm selling, I, I, I don't really care. I'm just digging doing it. You know, uh, not taking the 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 beaten path or the usual road and going off the going off the beaten path. Not trying to do all the things that everyone else is doing. Just really do my own thing. Do do things that make me happy. I did put out though two videos, uh, one on Twitch, one on uh, YouTube, um, of in the booth. You can actually uh, check it out on there. Uh, I'm I'm pretty happy with it. I, I really didn't want to just put like a, a video out with like a blank image and like some text and then have like the audio go. I wanted there to be something that could, uh, you know, get people uh, not maybe not engaged, but at the very least made it seem like there was something going on. <laughs> so that's why I decided to put the uh, the visualizer uh, on the video. I'm pretty happy with it. So if you happen to get a chance to check it out, please do so. Uh, it looks it looks pretty dope. So in any case, um you know, I'm doing all these things and I'm, I'm really excited. I'm really excited about, you know, the prospect of uh, what the podcast can become uh, for myself, really. I, I use it as an opportunity to kind of just like talk out loud and gather my ideas. Because to me, I think uh, that's that's very important, you know. Sometimes you may even hear me like write on a keyboard, type in a keyboard, write my notepad, whatever. Imagine if you, uh, why you can write on keyboards now. What a crazy time we live in. You can like write on your computer. You know, it's kind of like we came full circle. Pretty soon, like Apple's going to release the iPaper. It's digital paper that you can hold. So, sir, you mean to tell me it's just paper? No. It's iPaper. Apple will figure it out. I mean, Microsoft's already practically doing that with the Surface. Here's this canvas to write on. Or I could just use a canvas. Here's this canvas to draw on. The Surface. Or I could just learn how to paint. I mean, painting's hard. I tried painting. I did this like Bob Ross charity event at Gamers for Giving two years in a row now. Painting's hard. I paint once a year <laughs> at that event. And it is so hard. Also, doesn't help that they make it like impossibly difficult. That's Walshy's fault, though. I blame him. Oh, man. So, yeah, first episode's out there. Um, you know, got some pretty good responses. People liked it. You know, they said, like, oh, hey, I'll, I'll, I'll check it out. I'll give you a listen. I don't know if they did or not. But I'm happy with it. You know, I think most importantly, people just want consistency. And that's something I want from myself is is I want consistency. You know, 
I want to wake up in the morning and think, okay, I have to prep the podcast. I have to prep my stream or prep whatever content I'm going to put up on, you know, Medium or whatever. I, I want to be able to do that stuff. I have to be able to do that stuff, right? I've, I've Since I left Twitch, I've been... Uh, I don't want to say out of action, but I've been out of the the standard working lifestyle for about seven, eight months. My work is now consists mostly of doing, you know, the commentary and, and hosting and all that stuff. And it's been great. No complaints here. But what do I do in between that? And how do I just continue to push myself forward? You know? That that's the that's the question that kind of lingers over over my head quite a bit. And and I think it's good. I think it's good that it does because I, I can't simply just rest on my laurels. I can't just be like, oh yeah, you know, I I'm a commentator. Like, I don't know how long that crap's gonna last. I have no idea when people are gonna be like, dude, you look like a fat disaster. You kind of, sort of, just aren't what we want for our brand. If we want, like, a whale, we'll shoot you a call. (laughs) Obviously, I'm being hard on myself here. It's more of a joke than anything else. But, it does stand true. Like, eventually, people will grow tired of me. That's That's the way I think of it, right? I've had this conversation with so many amazing and veteran individuals in the industry, and they're all like, no, man, like, you know, that's not true, and, you know, don't don't think like that, and, and I'm not doing that to beat myself down, I'm doing that to pick myself up, because it's very important to continue to stay humble. This ride, this incredible experience can end at any time. So I have to continue to push myself and do things and just be different the way that I've always been. Like, yeah, sure, I could do the vlogging and I could try streaming, but, you know, and I, and I do enjoy it. But there are other things that I enjoy that I feel are different and unique that people simply aren't doing in this industry right now, or at least in the esports industry. In the way that I'm doing it. Everything's really focused on news. Everything's really focused on... Uh, on delivering that kind of content. Journalistic integrity. And yada yada. I'm not a journalist. I'm not a journalist. I'm I'm just going to talk about stuff that I think is cool. Speaking of. Uh, was playing Lawbreakers. The other day. Uh, so it was like a promotional thing that I did for Bosky. Um, I went to this event, played some Lawbreakers, did some like filming for them, and then uh, I had to do a live stream. I didn't know I had to do a live stream, but I was told I had to do a live stream, so I did a live stream. And then I just kept playing after that, <laughs> and then I just kept going. And and you know I'm gonna take this moment here. You know here's the thing. I'm gonna be very blunt, very honest with you guys. My uh. My promotional thing for Boss Key and Lawbreakers, it's it's done, right? I've earned my money. So now this is just all me. This is just my personal perspective on Lawbreakers. Um, 
because there's a lot of discussion about Lawbreakers versus Overwatch and how like Lawbreakers is basically just a copy of Overwatch. And that honestly is probably like the, the dumbest statement anyone could possibly make about that game. Um, they couldn't be more different. <laughs> honestly, uh, you know, I play a lot of Overwatch and when I played Lawbreakers, I did not feel like they could be compared in that capacity. And I think that was, you know, it, it's good for Bosky that their game is in a discussion with one of the largest releases, you know, of 2016, one of the biggest releases of 2016, that Bosky is being compared to a company like Blizzard, that Blizzard is an incredible company that creates beautiful artwork, beautiful graphics, beautiful storytelling. I mean, really, I'm gushing, but like, this is true. Like, anyone who disputes that is crazy. Blizzard is phenomenal when it comes to that stuff. And Bosky, dare I say, can be compared. You know, for, for like what they delivered, which is a vibrant, colorful game. Now, they have to work on, you know, the universe aspect of it. And they have to work on uh, what that story is like. You know, but I'm going to be very blunt here. Artwork perspective-wise, Boss Key and Blizzard, they are completely different uh, styles. Don't get me wrong. But when I when I open Lawbreakers and I play that game, let me be very honest here. It feels like a full, complete game. There are a lot of games that I play that when I open them, I'm just like, yeah, you know, I could tell this game is made by like an indie dev or like a 15 or 20 person team studio or like a 40 team studio. Like I could just tell they didn't really put a lot of effort into the UI. They didn't put a lot of effort into like how that navigation system works. You know, they just they just put out the stuff that's necessary. But Lawbreakers open it. You have these two guys like sp the camera spinning around them. You have the crazy music in the background, whether it be like hip hop or some kind of rock music. The menu system is like nice and snappy. The stashes, which is like their version of loot boxes. That system's also very polished and very well thought out and done in a style that is very uh, uh, reminiscent of what Lawbreakers or what Boss Key would like to do for their art style, for the visual style, right? They, they did a really good job with that. Now, gameplay-wise, this is really where, you know, the two the two games are just night and day. Lawbreakers is an arena FPS. It it can be compared to games such as Quake and Unreal Tournament. And and hell, I would even say that Lawbreakers' competition is Quake Champions, not Overwatch. Just like the way Quake, their competition is Lawbreakers, not Overwatch. Overwatch is a different game. It is a game that is focused on team play. It is a game that is focused on, you know, the the one person not being able to kill every person on the field, right? To, like, eliminate every person. It's not focused on that, right? You can, don't get me wrong, you have, like... A good 76 or you know so you have good plays where like a person can like wipe out an entire team that that is for sure but usually that will come with like an ultimate ability or something or another right something that's like real bursty that can like eliminate multiple people at once lawbreakers it's it's about you know like the gun skill it's about you know if i'm a wraith i can like i'll play a, a juggernaut 
or if I'm, you know, uh, uh, an assassin, I can I can go up against a battle medic, but the battle medic can survive, can potentially outplay an assassin. Although I think the assassin's like way too powerful, but that's just me. And to me, that is the key difference between the two games and i like them for completely different reasons i like overwatch because i could play with my friends you know like i could i could play reinhardt i could swing my hammer i could play winston i could zap people with electricity or hook people with roadhog like to me that stuff is fun i like that but with lawbreakers i play juggernaut i'm out here freaking just destroying kids with my shotgun or i'm impaling them with my blade and i'm clutching out like you know 1v3s or something like that because i played it out smart or I just get absolutely destroyed. I like that. It's different. It's different for that reason. So to anyone who says Lawbreakers is just like Overwatch. I mean, you know, slow your roll there, fam. It's not even not even comparable. And again, I like both games. Where I would say Lawbreakers could potentially struggle. Um, and, and this is where I think most arena FPS games struggle. And this is purely from a, a Twitch perspective, by the way. I'm talking about like Twitch, Twitch.tv, the website, not Twitch shooters. Is that, you know, these fast games, they tend to be uh, hard to watch. Or they tend to be uh, tough to, to get into, right? Uh, that's always been the problem with Arena FPS games. It's a problem for casuals. Obviously, for a person like myself, I, I will play it. I will love it, you know, because it's like right up my alley. But for a lot of folks who are just not prepared for that kind of experience, games like Quake Champions and Lawbreakers, and hell, I would even go as far as to say even games like Halo on console, they will definitely uh, struggle because they're Slayer-focused games. You know, like if you're good at the game, you're good at the game, right? A lot of these other games these days, like they reward people for kind of just like being there. <laughs> Like, hey man, congratulations, you're here, guess what? You just got a nuclear bomb and you could destroy everyone. It's like, no, no. <laughs> but people like that. I, I do too, don't get me wrong. I enjoy that as well. Um, but there are a lot of folks who aren't like me that can enjoy both experiences equally, have a good time with both game, both types of games. So I think that's where Lawbreakers could potentially struggle. Um, when it comes to Twitch, and I, I don't know, I've kind of seen this with Twitch now where it's it's really it's really weird it's about tension it's about building tension you look at some of the more popular games on Twitch and you know one of those games PUBG player unknowns battlegrounds incredible game one of the reasons why people enjoy it one because i think the battle royale kind of game is really picking up steam uh, but also it builds tension when you're in that intense 1v10 situation last circle chance for you to win people love that stuff that's why fighting games have done so well as an esport on twitch and why they will never truly go away or why a game like counter-strike continues to perform time and time again because of the skill because of the tension rainbow six another game you know i i have this Firm belief that there are just different kinds of categories that games fit on Twitch. And Arena FPS games haven't quite found that that category yet. I, I think Overwatch 
benefited, one, from an incredibly hype release, and two, because it's a game that's very easy to get into. It, you, anyone can pick it up. So because of that, you can have popular broadcasters play the game, and even if they're not that great, you know, they, they'll still perform moderate, moderately well, I would say. So, in that same capacity, I just think Arena FPS games haven't found that niche yet. Hopefully they do, because I love Arena FPS games. Hopefully games like Lawbreakers and Quake Champions, and, and even Halo, can find those, you know, that, that common ground, can find that, that audience. Even if it's not, like, massive, I just hope that the audience is there eventually, where they can appreciate the skill that it takes. I mean, watching a Quake duel is second to none. I can't wait to see competitive Lawbreakers play out. I can't wait to see top players compete, man. That that must be so freaking intense. So intense. But yeah, I mean, you know, then that kind of brings me to the next question. Like, what is a game like Battlegrounds doing so right? You know, I, was it that just lightning struck at the right moment, similar to Rocket League? But it just seems like Battlegrounds is not, it's like not stopping. I don't get it. I mean, I love the game. I love Battlegrounds. One of my favorite games. I've never won, by the way, ever. But that doesn't stop me. I still play. Because those moments, those moments of combat are just so thrilling. Because it's the idea of if I lose, I lose everything. And then I got to go back and redo it again. But still, I lose everything. I'm done. There are no respawns. And I love that stuff. I also think, too, that... Player unknown, you know, I don't know the guy personally. I had like maybe I had one conversation for with him when I commentated the H1Z1 Invitational, the first one at TwitchCon. Really nice guy. Uh, and I saw him like once or twice at E3, but I mean, I'm sure he doesn't know who the hell I am. Um and I had you know, I I've come to the realization with him that as a gamer, these are the things that he wants to see. And this is quickly becoming the norm. I think the the age of the traditional game developer is slowly fading away. And this new age of individuals who are just constantly communicating with the audience. That's what's going to really change the industry. And I say this. Because you look at a lot of these devs, and think about it like this. We live in an age where literally everyone needs to have instant gratification, right? They need to have, like, constant communication. They need to know that that they are being heard and that they can vent and that they can hear what they're saying, the, the, the developer, and so on and so forth. That is where we're at right now. That is where we're at right now. The industry has drifted toward this constant communication flow. And traditional game developers, and I've heard this said before, they say, oh no, we, we don't do that because we don't want to make a promise to someone and then not deliver. And that is the, the, the tricky thing. That is the risky gray area that you run, that you, you, you manage to run, and you have to be very careful about when you are constantly communicating with the audience. Because if you make a promise and then you don't deliver, well, guess what? They will eviscerate you. They will destroy you. 
So it is tricky. But this is what people want. So when you have a lot of these traditional game developers just not saying anything and then they release an update. And then there, people are like, well, what the hell, man? This is not what we wanted. This is not what we're asking for. And then there's there's this other side of the coin where you listen too much. You know, you listen too much to the community because here's the truth, man. And, and you know, I'm, I'm guilty of it too back in the day, but this is the honest to God truth, kids. You don't know what the hell you're talking about. And furthermore, if you say something like, all they need to do is dot, dot, dot. All they need to do is dot, 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 make this thing unbalanced. All they need to do is dot, dot, dot. Listen, if you're saying that, you're a jackass. I hate to break it to you, but you don't know what the hell you're talking about. The second you say all they need to do is, you've completely nullified your argument. Because that's not all they need to do. It is so much more complicated than just all they need to do is. Now, sure, there's some people who act like, well, you know, I'm a professional video game designer of like 15 years and I'm posting on Reddit right now. Yeah, sure, definitely. And I am, you know, the the queen of England. Uh, and on top of that, I also own a little island in Cabo. One of those two things might be true. But jokes aside, it's just, it's a lot harder than that. And it's good that we're starting to see devs become more open with it. Like the thing I appreciate about um, Player Unknown and the Blue Hole team is that they they've made it very clear numerous times. They're like, "Hey, we're putting out new things. By the way, not the team working on stabilization, not the not the team working on performance and optimization, not that team." And then you still have these jackasses who like respond and they're like, oh man, maybe you should focus on fixing the game first and then putting out new updates. It's like, did you not just read what I said? Did ya? It always cracked me up when I was at Twitch and people would like Twitch would put out an update and then someone would say like, man, bits are stupid. They should focus on not making the website crash. Mm, Different teams, different people just throwing it out there. There is a team that's focused on that. And there's also a team that's focused on this because you have to put out new updates in order to keep people engaged. Sure, yes, I'm sorry your toaster can't run the game. They're working on it. But you gotta put something new out there or else the people lose interest. That's just the truth of the matter, man. So when you go out there and say, all you need to do is just optimize the game, yeah, sure. If they would have freaking figured that out, then I'm sure they would have done it. Dunce. Try not to curse too much here, you know? I want I want to I want to try and eliminate foul language from my vocabulary. Thought about this the other day. I just curse a little too much. So I'm trying trying not to curse here. I'm I'm trying to hold myself and suppress myself here. Because Lord knows we don't need more foul language out there. Anyway, so yeah, that's just my perspective on it. I think uh, Battlegrounds, they're doing it right, man. Like, they, they get it. I think Player Unknown, he looks at it from a player's perspective because he has been a gamer all his life. And he thinks, okay, well, this is what I would want from a dev, so I'm going to do exactly what I want. My only advice, it's just a slippery slope. 
And I think they're doing a really good job there of not over-promising and under-delivering. They've just been very realistic. And it's okay to be realistic about things. You know? It's okay. I also think they have the benefit of a very hot game. And I also don't think that other devs are going to follow suit anytime soon. We're still going to continue to get more secrecy from developers. Even though we live in an age where people just constantly need information as much as you could possibly get them. Uh, I do think, though, that... And this is something that I really witnessed at EA Play. And EA is doing a pretty good job with this. The, the age of traditional media delivery is slowly fading away as well. Where... And it sucks to say it, it really does, but you're starting to see companies like IGN and Kotaku and GameSpot, they're, yes, they are delivering something that is very important, which is journalism in, in the industry, kind of, excuse me, some of them are, not all of them, um, but it's quickly boiling down to influencer-focused activations. It's It's all about, like, you know, your favorite YouTuber putting out this video or your favorite Twitch streamer streaming this game because it's more organic. My advice to the kids out there who are doing this content, be forthcoming. At the start of the show, I talked about Lawbreakers and I talked about how uh, I did a promotional event for Lawbreakers. And here's the thing. People can choose to take my opinion and, and listen to it even after I said that. Or they could be like, no, of course, he's still being paid for by these people. So he's still being paid off to, to say nice things about this game because he wants to get more gigs in the future. And I'm going to be very honest with you guys. Part of that, for many people, is true. Part of that for many people is true. I personally don't care. Because being an influencer is not my job. I'm a commentator. I'm a host. That's my work. I get in front of a camera and I, you know, do my thing. Do my stuffs. Maybe one day that'll be my job, but in this moment it is not. So I, I try and be as honest as I possibly can. It was a, to be fair, it was a big problem I had in Halo. Where a lot of people just assumed that I wouldn't say anything bad about the game because... I was working on I was working on HCS or Halo World Championship or I was close with people at 343. But here's the thing, kids. When you when you're close and you're having those conversations with people, guess what? You're having those conversations with people. Going for me, going out on Twitter and being like, "Oh man, the assault rifles in Halo suck so bad and 343 are so dumb and blah blah blah." Me going on Twitter saying that, pointless. I could just call whoever I need to call. Let them know. I'll see them at an event. I'll talk to them my damn self. I don't need to go out there and publicly shame something just because... And, and like that's the thing. It kind of goes back to what I was saying before about the kids nowadays. Like People nowadays need that instant gratification. They need that. And, and again, this is where I say it. instant gratification is a slippery slope. It is a slippery slope. Because once you engage in that kind of rhetoric, that kind of activity, people expect that from you all the time. That's why I've never engaged in that. Because for me, 
and maybe I have once or twice in the past. I don't know. But again, you learn things and you like evolve as a human being. That's kind of important. And I looked at a lot of that stuff and thought, if I know the person, I could just talk to them. Let me just go ahead and do that. Let me let, let me let the people who who do their who like yell and, and scream on internet forums and, and on Twitter, let them go ahead and do their thing. I'll just have my civil conversations with the individual and present the perspectives and present the perspectives that even the whining people on the internet have as well, because sometimes they have good perspectives. I think that 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 stuff's important. That stuff is it's oh, man, I don't know. I can get into this for hours and hours. To be honest with you, I can really just deep dive into all this crap, but you know, I'll, I'll just end it with this. If you're one of those people who says all they have to do is dot, 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 you're wrong. It's not how it works. Stop being a tool. That's not the way life is. Furthermore, if you're one of those people who needs personalities or other people to roast other companies online, because it gives you some false sense of, you know, authority or you kind of just want to get that feeling that, you know, oh, yeah, we're belittling these people. You're also a tool. And if you're one of those influencers who uses their, you know, stature <coughs> to, excuse me, to belittle and to talk down to the people who make the games and all that stuff, when you have the means to be able to communicate with them straightforward, you are also a tool. Hey, just be normal, man. That's my whole perspective on life. Just be normal. Just be chill. Reach out to the people you got to reach out to and do your thing. And if you're one of those gamers and you're frustrated about something, that's perfectly fine. Vent out. If you don't have the, the avenues and the channels to reach out to the devs personally, go ahead. Post what you're going to post. But if you start it with all you have to do is dot, 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 you're a tool. Period. Period. Just, just post normally, man. You, you know how many times I have friends in this industry who read well-thought-out posts from folks all the time? Because at the end of the day, we are the consumer. We're the customer, but we also know the game very well. Or the product very well. Because we actively use it. So, you know. My advice to you guys. Just be normal, man. Just be normal. But in any case. That's going to do it for uh, episode 2. Still no announcement yet on the thing that I'm doing. That is pretty big. Uh, hopefully it will come out this week. I have no idea. Um, but the next episode of In the Booth will probably be filmed from a foreign country. Dun, dun, dun. Anyway, thank you so much for, for listening today. If you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to me at GoldenBoyFTW or at In the Booth Show. Also, post in the comment section on, uh, on, on SoundCloud, on Twitter, or excuse me, on Twitch, and on YouTube. I'm always interested to hear what you guys thought on, is on this. And also, just my question for you is, what do you think about what I said? How do you engage with people who make games online? And like, what are the things that you say to them? Do you think that you should have a good conversation with them or, or put out well-thought-out posts? Or do you think that, you know, roasting to get the attention is the only way to go because it's the only way you will get a reaction out of those folks? Let me know what you think. 
And uh, thank you so much for listening. Once again, this is In the Booth, episode two. Much love. Take care of one another. And as always, be easy. Peace. Thank you.